Well, welcome back to another edition of the, the Boilers Extra podcast uh, here on jconline.com. And uh, we use SoundCloud to, to kind of put this all together. And uh, we're going to preview uh, the uh, Purdue basketball tournament uh, as they go to Connecticut for the Hall of Fame tournament this weekend. Well, they'll play North Carolina on Saturday and then either take on Villanova or uh, Tennessee on Sunday out at the Mohegan Sun. Uh, pretty big tournament early season tournament that uh, every every team there is probably looking to get a gauge of where they stand here. And joining us to talk about Purdue, the Big Ten, and that tournament is Mike DeCourcy. Uh, he writes for the Sporting News, as you know. He does uh, projections for Fox. He's on BTN. And I don't know if he waits tables on his off day or not. But he's uh, he's he, he's uh, kind enough to join us uh, today to, to break down kind of what he's seen from Purdue, the Big Ten, and what we may see on Saturday. Mike, thanks for your time th- today. I'm happy to join you, Mike. Uh, it's uh, great to talk to Purdue fans. I know they love their hoops. Oh, they, yeah, they're loving them this year. Uh, uh, they're coming off probably their best performance of the season against Wright State, still Wright State, though. But just kind of what you've seen from afar from Purdue, kind of is it what, what you kind of expected from Matt Painter's team here in the early going? Well, I think that if the first thing if, is – what was unexpected was the decision to start Zach Eady and bring Travion off the bench. Uh, obviously, there's not a huge minutes differential between the two of them, and I and I, I'll be interested to see how it manifests itself when the competition increases. You know, neither really has played starters minutes. No, almost no one has because they've had blowouts mostly, and so a lot of people have gotten a lot of time. Uh, as well, uh, the point guard situation with Isaiah Thompson uh, in that role and Eric Hunter, uh, you know, uh, as well coming off the bench. Uh, uh, so, you know, it's nice to have seven guys who are really starters. I mean, that's, not, that's a nice luxury to have. Uh, and so it, 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 there's, a, there's a great sense of depth to the team. Uh, there's, you know, there's a lot still to work out about how it all fits best together. Uh, but in addition to that, uh, I think that, that I came into the year with two questions about their championship pedigree. Look, they're going to be great. I mean, they're going to have a great year. There's no question about that. They're going to win a ton of games. They're going to challenge for the Big Ten championships. That both of them, they're going to be in the mix for all that. Whether you know what what they get done, you know, at this point, who knows? A, a lot goes into it. But they're going to be great. The question is, when I evaluate a team like Purdue is, do they have enough to get the last one or the last, you know, or get to the final four or get the last one? Right. That's, that's how much they have to offer. So then the two questions that I had relative to that were, first of all, will they shoot the basketball well enough when it matters in the biggest games? And that's why Mohican Sun is great for them because Although it doesn't have that finality to it that you would have in the Big Ten tournament or the NCAA's, you better bring it. I mean, you, if you're playing Villanova, Carolina, or Tennessee, if you don't bring an A game, you're probably going to lose, even as good as Purdue is, because you know, those teams are all terrific. Uh, so uh, the, the A game entails shooting the basketball at a high level. Now, Sasha has been fantastic through the first three games. We've seen that before. The question is, does he bring that to the biggest games? And so this is a great exercise for him. Uh, it's great to see Brandon Newman shooting the basketball 
as well as he is. Not a surprise uh, at all, but the, the, maybe the surprise, uh, the accuracy number isn't a surprise. The surprise is it's been on a pretty good level of volume. I mean, a year ago, he was not a high-volume shooter. He was only a freshman, part of the rotation, maybe not uh, ready uh, either from a physical standpoint uh, or a mental standpoint to say, you know, yeah, I can take six, seven shots from deep on, on, a, on a given day. Uh, he's done that in all the games to date. Uh, so that's it. I, to me, I, I think I, I think that adds a lot to Purdue, and that's probably something that Matt, I haven't talked to him about it, but that's probably something that Matt said to, to Brandon that, he needs to feel comfortable. His, his accuracy is good enough that he needs to feel comfortable that when he's open, not that there's not a better shot there. If he's wide open from three, it's it's there's not you know no let's not let's not look for a better shot. Let's take that uh, because you're better you know you're you're a high percentage artist from that distance. And so those two guys, if they can keep that going, then Purdue is going to win the biggest games. Uh, and then the other question that I had about them was, do they have a point guard who is capable of directing at that level, the, the, the Elite Eight Final Four National Championship game level? If you look back over the past two decades, there's not a long list of guys like Isaiah or Eric, either one, who are championship point guards. But it's not it's not unheard of. I call it the, I used to call it, and this, this is so old that a lot of people won't have any idea what I'm referencing, but I used to call it the Jimmy Black rule. That if you remember the 1982 North Carolina Tar Heels, if you're old enough right. like me, right. Jim, Jimmy Black was not a pro prospect. Um, I don't know if he even played internationally. He might have, but he, he never was an NBA guy. Um, but they had James Worthy, they had Michael Jordan, and they had Sam Perkins. So Jimmy's job was don't turn it over, pass it to those guys, <laughs> guard your guy. Um, and he won a national championship. He was good enough to do that. And there have been a few Jimmy Black types since that have won. But if you look at it, most of them have been Jalen Brunson's or, uh, or, or last year Davion Mitchell. Uh, that, that's been uh, that's been most of your championship point guards. So uh, that Purdue has to be good enough in the other areas, and those guys have to be effective enough following the Jimmy Black rule uh, to be championship level point guards. Yeah, I mean that's a, that's an excellent point uh, because of uh, all the depth that Purdue has. That there's not going to be a lot of pressure on those point guards, at least. From a scoring standpoint, because of what you have inside, would you is, is that is that a fair assessment of what they have? Yeah, for me, it's it's the creation standpoint, and mm. I, I think that because they have so many options, that getting the ball, you know, being a game manager, if you want to translate it to football, um, you can. I, I think that when you have as many options as they do, that being a game manager again, don't turn it over. Pass the basketball where you need to pass it. Make the open shot if it comes back to you. And, and Isaiah's been terrific at that this year yeah. so far. Um, remember, what happens sometimes in an offense is that you'll go through a cycle and and it won't work. And the ball will be passed back out to the point guard. And a lot of times, because of all the activity of your offense, especially one that works as intricately and as effectively as Matt's, a lot of times that point guard, by the time the ball gets back to him, he's wide open. 
And if he can't shoot it, I mean, if there's a guy, if you're a guy who absolutely can't shoot that shot and, and expect to make it, that's a problem because that, that stresses your offense. That means you got to try to go back through another cycle, a quick hit or something like that. You don't have the time to really set up a good shot. So you want that guy to be able to take that shot and affect and be comfortable taking it and making it. And then the second thing is if you're, you, the option, opportunity to when that re- offense recycles, can you be the guy that drives into the defense and makes something happen? Well, Andre Cabello can do that. I'm not sure that's Isaiah or Eric, but when you have a wing who is elite at that in, in Jaden Ivey, it doesn't matter as much. As long as there's somebody who can go against a, a defense that's just really sturdy and set and, and, and effective and just say, doesn't matter what you guys do. I'm Zach Eady. I'm going by you and something's going to happen good. That's, that, that's, you have to have that. If you go back over the last 20, 25, 30 NCAA champions, there's somebody on that team that can, that can take the ball past people and make something happen. Get it to the lane, make good, make, you know, make a basket, make a good decision, whatever. That ability to shred the defense, it usually comes into account late clock, but sometimes when a defense is just so good, it may be earlier than that. But you've got Jaden Ivey, so you don't have to worry whether or not Isaiah or Eric is special in that. Right. I did want to ask you, because Matt has talked about this throughout the preseason, because he's going to have 11 guys, or 10, 10 guys that he's going to have to get minutes for. And as you've covered the sport for a long time. When teams have that many talented players, how, how does, you know, how does a coach manage that and still have an effective team from, based on some of the experience that you've, you've witnessed from some of the top teams in the country over the years? Pretty much the way it works out is that the team is good enough that through the course of the year, nine, ten guys get enough minutes to feel like they're involved. And then when the games get biggest, it gets shaved down to about seven and a half guys. That's, that's, that's been the way it has been almost forever. And maybe you can, if you're, if you are extraordinary in terms of your depth, you can push that to eight and a half. And when I say half, I mean, like you've got, you've got seven guys or eight guys averaging solid double figure minutes and then another player and again, this is not, we're talking about when you look at the final four box scores and there's, like I said, seven guys that have played, you know, 30 to a dozen minutes, say, and then maybe you have one guy who's played like six or seven. Mm-hmm. That's, that, that, that's, that's final four box scores going back decades. So probably when they play these games this weekend, they might not be able to play as many or for, or as many for as long. But even more so when you get into those games where you lose this and you're done playing, that's when it really gets restricted. And again, that's, you're only talking about two tournaments, the Big Ten tournament in, in, in March and then the NCAA tournament that follows it when you have to have your best players on the floor in order to counter the fact that all their best players are on the floor. Right. Uh, who's the most intriguing player on Purdue that you are, you're kind of locked in on? Uh, here the early part of the year? Well, it wasn't going to be, uh, it wasn't going to be Travion because I've known pretty much from the first time I saw him that he was a special talent, that he had great passing ability, that he was really high level in the post. Uh, 
but you know, I'm intrigued now because of the decision to to bring him off the bench for the first three games, and so that's a, you know that's a that's an interesting maneuver for a player who has played as much as Travion. Uh, and so I, you know, how does he deal with that? Does he like it? Not like it? Does he handle it? Does it make him better? Uh, all those sorts of things go go into that, and how does that impact the chemistry chemistry of the team? Uh, those are all issues, factors that are going to be fascinating to see develop over the course of of the Big Ten season. Uh, I, you know, it hasn't been the best start for the Big Ten to this point. Uh, disappointing results for Michigan, Illinois, uh, two of the three established, you know, sort of accepted contenders in the league. Uh, both got results that they didn't expect or, and obviously wouldn't have preferred. Uh, and, and then Maryland, another, uh, this one, you know, you know, in a home game against a, a high mid major like George Mason, um, to lose, to lose th- that many non-conference games this quickly is obviously not what the Big Ten would prefer. But, uh, you know, Purdue could write a lot of that, uh, if they go to Mohegan Sun and, and, prevail in such a terrific field as this right i did that's a good segue because i did want to ask you about what what impressions should we draw from what's happened in these gavit games from from the big 10 standpoint i you know I, the suspension of kofi coburn was was extravagant to put it nicely <laughs> he probably should have lost a game and then it should have been done with it and I can't remember who they played uh, in that first game but it was a bye game that they won easily and he should have been in that he should have missed that and then been back on the floor at Marquette and I think it probably would have been a different game I would not put a lot into that loss as a result it goes on the record but I, I don't think that that impacts my view of Illinois there were actually a lot of good things in that game for Illinois uh, some of, some of their supporting players, Trent Frazier was fantastic. And if Trent plays like that, Illinois is going to have a great year. Uh, so I wouldn't put a lot of that. Michigan, uh, a, a team, Michigan is one of many teams. Purdue is a very rare team in that they know all of their guys with the exception of, you know, Caleb first, guys like that, uh, who are, who are new to college basketball. Um, they know who their guys are. They've had them in the program for multiple seasons. Almost everybody else is bringing in a truckload of new players, maybe very talented, but still uh, new. Uh, Michigan is is like that, transfers, freshmen, a couple of guys they've had around for a while. Uh, Illinois has new players, a uh, couple of guys who've been around. Uh, it, it's, that's, that's, you look across the country, Texas is almost like they, like, they like met Thursday and then went to play Zag on Saturday. <laughs> You know, it's, uh, it's it, so, so, it's, so you can't real. you know, it's, it's, it's different than a typical year in that you're, you're always going to be judged as a league and as a team, uh, on what, what I, what I've always used as an example, Mike, is I, I, I call it establishing the value of your currency. Like, what is a Big Ten win worth? What is a Atlantic Ten win worth? What is an ACC win worth? And that all comes from who you beat outside the conference. And it's hard to change that once it's established. Right. And yeah. so the Big Ten has, to it to a small extent to this point, devalued its currency. And now it's up to teams like Purdue over the Ohio State, uh, uh, people like that, to try to pump that pump that value back up uh, by going ahead. Maybe in the you know obviously in the Mohegan Sun tournament, uh, 
uh, by going in the ACC Big Ten Challenge and, and doing better than they did in the Gavit games. So th- th- that's 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 important, really, because it helps your league get more bids. It helps those who are likely to be high seeds get the highest possible seed. Right. All right, let's talk about this tournament coming up this weekend. Purdue, Purdue's going to play North Carolina out of the gate. Um, based on what you know about North Carolina, where where can they cause Purdue some problems uh, on, on Saturday? Yeah, they're, they're they're one of those teams that also is introducing a lot of new talent and very good players. They are really strong in the front court. Armando Armando Baycott they, is one that they have had. I mean, he's I think a junior. I lose track of that now with the uh, super senior concept. But he's been in their program for multiple seasons and all it was an all ACC player a year ago. Big, strong guy, 6'9", 6'10", really good around the bucket, not a threat away from, from the goal, and not a player you have to worry about fouling for the most part. He, he does not he does not convert from the free throw line very well, uh, but he's really tough around the goal. They brought in two forwards who are outstanding talents, Dawson Garcia from from Marquette. Uh, he was, he's a sophomore was a freshman at Marquette last year, was the best mar- best freshman in the Big East. And Brady Manick, uh, who played for Oklahoma, uh, they're obviously very well coached. He played for Lon Kruger for a ton of time. Uh, so it, it, he's still sort of working himself back in, but uh, really exploded, I think, in his third game uh, and is starting to show that he's the player that he was in the Big 12. So that's where the real strength is. They have an outstanding point guard named Caleb Love. Uh, who's gotten off to a nice start this year, uh, averaging 19 a game. And, and he's he's a player that Purdue will have to work hard to keep out of the lane. He's one of those guys I've talked about before. Doesn't have to give it up uh, to a wing to get the ball to the lane. He, he'll get it there for you and is very dangerous once there. But, but new coach, uh, uh, Hubert Davis, so we don't know exactly how he'll play things. Uh, with Roy, they're – both at Carolina for nearly 20 years and at Kansas before that, you really had an understanding of what his teams were going to be year to year. He was very consistent as a coach and very consistent in what they did, how they ran their break, how they ran their offense, uh, how they managed timeouts at the end of the game. He hated to call them, all kinds of things like that. Um, so we knew what to expect from him. Hubert Davis may be a little less. This is This will be... Hubert's first huge game as a college basketball head coach. He's been in a lot of them as an assistant, two title games, uh, 16 and 17. Uh, but, uh, it, this will be different for him. And so I think, you know, it's, it's incumbent on the Boilers to try to, you know, get ahead early and maybe get the, the Tar Heels thinking and, and, and try to drive them apart because they haven't been together long enough. Uh, as a, as a whole group to really have an understanding of of how they react under serious pressure situations. Right. And with Villanova and Tennessee kind of how did you view them before the preseason? Uh, you know, Villanova I I think lost to UCLA in its first or second game, something like that, but just kind of where they're at right now and uh and how how you see those two teams kind of kind of playing out. Well, Villanova is a lot like Purdue in the sense that they have been together. They're, they're one of the, again, it's very rare. Uh, you know, Justin Moore, Colin Gillespie, Jermaine Samuels have been at Villanova, part of high level parts of, of, of an outstanding program for 
anywhere between three and five years. I mean, they've been together for a very long time. Uh, and so those, that's, that's an advantage uh, that they have early. They happen to face in UCLA another team that is not experienced that much change. So they were on the road. They took it to overtime. They did a nice job, but just couldn't get it home. So, uh, the, the, the difference with Villanova and, and Purdue is obvious. It is size. That's the biggest weakness for this Villanova team. They just aren't big. Uh, they've been playing Eric Dixon uh, to try to get more size out there, a 6'8 sophomore. Um, he's doing okay. He's, he's doing fine. Uh, but that's that's the most size they have. I mean, they don't have, you know, you talk about having two legit starting centers at Purdue. If you traded either one of them to Villanova, Villanova would have been one of my high favorites for the national championship. As much as I think of them as a team, I just know that when you get to the biggest games, you have to have somebody. It, re- it really matters to have somebody that can take a shot down near the rim, and they don't really have that. So that's uh, a weakness for them, but probably won't be a huge difference uh, early in the season for them for the most part. It could be a difference if Purdue makes it a difference. Uh, when, if and when they play, either in the consolation game or the final. Right. Um, Tennessee is is a younger team. Uh, they lost a ton of players uh, to the NBA draft. They had two first round talents on last year's team. But the the what what makes them better this year is that last year they were highly dependent at point guard um, on a on a veteran player named Santiago Vescovi and. He just wasn't good enough as a point guard to win those kinds of games. Uh, and, and that, and that got them in a lot of big games. But, um, they brought in a freshman, Kennedy Chandler, one of the best freshman point guards in the game. Uh, I've, I've heard him compare just in terms of style, not necessarily in terms of total talent, but in terms of style to Kennedy, to, uh, to Chris Paul, uh, that ability to, to the physicality, hard to knock off the ball, smart, uh, ability to make decisions in tight spaces. That's Kennedy Chandler. So now Vescovi is playing off the ball. So they have a two-point guard system, and it gives them a chance to, you know, to, to, to be exercise better control of the basketball without being dependent on a player who's probably not, you know, championship level at that position. Kennedy Chandler certainly is, and now you have nice support from Vescovi. Is there anything from these this tournament coming up that 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 you're eager to see, whether it's a, a matchup, a team matchup, or an individual? Uh, so when you get to Sunday, you you, you can draw s- some conclusions as, as far as maybe where these four teams stack up in the national picture. Well, I think it would be neat to see that Villanova game because you would, like I said, you would have two experienced teams and experienced teams, uh, not in terms of how long you've played, but how long you've played together with so many players transferring to new homes. These, these are two teams that have played together for a while for the most part with some complimentary pieces added on. Uh, and, and, and so it's such, like I said, it's such a disparity. One team that is, is not as big, but defends very well. And can, can the, can the Boilers make the, the, the play at the rim really matter with Zach and Travion? Can they make that matter? Uh, how would Villanova go about combating trying to keep the ball out of the post? 
because obviously you've got experienced point guards delivering to experienced big guys. How does Villanova stop that? Uh, I, I think that would be fascinating. And then as well, it would be a great, it would be a great defensive challenge for the Boilers to go against a team that has in Colin Gillespie a essentially a three four year starter at point guard who's an all America type talent uh, that you that you have to you know you have to manage to control again you've got obvious candidates to do that but can you do it uh, with with their ability to execute one of the things that they really like to do with Colin Gillespie uh, it's something that they sort of added on to their offense uh, after Ryan Archidiakono showed it a little bit of ability to do it, and then Jalen Brunson was elite at it, and Gillespie's gotten good at it, is post their point guard and have him back down somebody like Isaiah, who's not as big, and see what they can do off of that because he's obviously they they, they, they put good shooters on the floor around them, uh, and he knows how to play that, and obviously he's a terrific passer out of the post because he's a, he's a point guard. He's a terrific passer anyway. So that's something that uh, that I would like to see how how uh, the um, Boilers react to that. I mean, do they come across with Zach, who's seven four, and try to swat it away? Uh, you know, I think that would be really fun to watch. Uh, two two terrific coaches, uh, one a Hall of Famer, one maybe maybe will get there one of these days, uh, and two veteran intelligent teams. I, I think that would be a fascinating thing to see. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think any matchup would probably be fascinating. Yeah, pretty this, much, yes. Uh, this, this weekend. <laughs> of all of them, that's the one that would, that to me would be the, uh, the most intriguing. And, and obviously, uh, for, according to my rankings, the AP rankings, Gary Parrish at CBS, et cetera, those are the two top ten teams that are in this field. Right. Well, uh, we've been visiting with Mike DeCourcy of the Sporting News and also does work for Fox, putting together uh, projections for the bracket. And he, you can see him on BTN as well, uh, as BTN and uh, and basketball really get going after the first of the year. And he's got other other projects that he does as well. But uh, Mike, we appreciate your time today, breaking down what you've seen from Purdue and also the Big Ten. But look ahead to this tournament, uh, which is going to be a good measuring stick for all those teams uh, that that are going to be out there. So we appreciate you taking time today and and talking about that. My pleasure, Mike. Anytime. Once again, thanks to Mike DeCorsi of the Sporting News. Also, uh, he writes for Fox, as we mentioned, and he'll be on BTN, um, I think, in early January uh, with their basketball programming, breaking down what's going on in the Big Ten Conference. So really appreciate his time. You can catch him on Twitter uh, at TSN Mike. That's the at sign TSN Mike. Uh, he's full of... He's full of basketball knowledge. Uh, he's been doing it a long time. He's one of the one of the experts uh, of of, uh, of college basketball and uh, uh, provided some really good insight on what what we may see this weekend uh, out at the Mohegan Sun in Connecticut uh, with Purdue playing North Carolina in the first game, and then Villanova and Tennessee, and then winners and losers playing on Saturday. And as he said. You know, maybe the most intriguing matchup of uh, of the weekend would be uh, Purdue versus Villanova. Uh, maybe maybe that can be the championship game, or maybe that's the consolation game because this field is is that good. But it, it truly is a a measuring stick for for all four teams, but really for Purdue um, 
because, you know, they played three, three opponents they should have beaten in the first three games and they did. They did, they've done it handily. Um, and now you, you get to a big game like this and how do those rotations work and how does, uh, Matt Painter, you know, juggle, uh, juggle the lineups. And then you have the, uh, the interesting piece on Sunday with Mason Gillis coming back from his suspension and that will be his first game. And how quickly does he rotate in? Uh, I assume it'd be a gradual process because, I mean, Caleb first playing really well right now in, in the first three games. Granted, uh, the competition's not what is, is going to, what he's going to face this weekend, but he, he's playing really well right now. Um, and you want him to continue to, to grow and keep his confidence and, uh, as a guy that, that, that will play a major role on this team. But you, you still need to get Mason Gillis involved, uh, into the rotation, into, uh, his role. And that's going to take a little bit, a little bit more time, uh, for that to happen. But, uh, again, just a very interesting tournament coming up, uh, this weekend, uh, in Connecticut. Uh, as we said, Purdue, North Carolina on Saturday, Villanova, Tennessee, and then, uh, winners and losers play, uh, play on Sunday. All right. Well, we appreciate you stopping by uh, for for this uh, preview of uh, of uh, the basketball tournament coming up. Remember, we got football on Saturday. Uh, Sam King uh, will be covering uh, Purdue and Northwestern at Wrigley Field, uh, and then I'll be in Connecticut covering uh, covering basketball. So we appreciate you stopping by, and uh, uh, as always, questions, comments, uh, feel free to to shoot them my way through email at mcarman. Uh, at gannett.com or you can uh, use the Twitter machine and, and DM uh, anything you'd like uh, uh, my way and we'll, we'll get to it at some point. I know I'm not the best at that, but um, I'm trying to do better as we all are in life. So anyway, appreciate you stopping by and have a good day.